listening to The Defiant Ones, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of Defy. Hello, Defiance. Welcome to 2021. Let's hope uh, that this year is a little better than 2020. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one, but interesting in the positive sense. My name is Kevin Deers, and this is The Defiant Ones. If you are uh, a patron here on the Defy Patreon, then you know what this is, hopefully. Uh, We've done a few episodes in 2020, and we're going to kick things off in 2021 with four minutes of heat, the Defy Tag Team Champions. But uh, just like we've done in the past couple episodes, I wanted to kind of peel the curtain back and talk with people that are behind the scenes at Defy. Uh, we talked with Annie and we talked with Jim, uh, come, some of the people that are behind the scenes of, of making everything happen. And uh, now I'm going to be talking with a guy who you actually do see. Uh, you see him right ringside, uh, possibly uh, dodging chair shots, dodging uh, leg drops. Uh, he is a man known as, hold on a second, I got an intro for you. It's the king of the dirty mirror selfie, the deathcore crowd-killing merch slangin' roadie on a steady diet of PlayStation 5 and Mountain Dew Code Red. It's Defy Security aficionado, Charlie Pena. That, that was a pretty pretty solid introduction, I think. Is that all true? Soda, though. You don't? You No, no solid, no uh, Mountain Dew Code Red for you? No, no. What's I, your beverage of choice? When I did drink soda, it was Dr. Pepper for sure. Dr. Pepper? Okay. All right. Well, you've uh, changed from the, the mustache now to the goatee, so I, I got to, you know, change that uh, intro up a little bit. I got a little mustache going on, though. It's good. Fine. It's good. It Charlie, how has your, your new year been the, the past, uh, you know, four or five days? You've been been busy? Uh, Right now, I just do, do the normal job. You know, yeah. And, that's about it. Like the second gig isn't going on since there's no like live events, you know, so mm-hmm. just keep with the main gig, try to keep a positive uh, outlook going on still through it all. That's the most I can do right now. That's, you know, new- look forward onwards and upwards for the new year, you know? So if people don't um, really talk to you much, uh, if, if they don't get to know you at the shows, uh, you're the, uh, you know, the guy who's kind of, uh, making sure that everything goes uh does not go into the crowd and stays in the ring or if it does go into the crowd make sure the crowd doesn't get you know messed up um get get away uh but but before you got involved with defy you you, you're like a lifelong wrestling fan is that right yeah i actually started i would probably credit like my my cousins when i lived in texas when i was younger i i watched like an episode of nitro and all I can remember, I think it was like Randy Savage, like his leg was like drenched over a steel cage and it was Hollywood Hogan like okay. just taking a chair to it. I don't know what hooked me for it, but that's, that's what it, that's, that's my earliest like wrestling memory that got me hooked. So, and then, uh, yeah. So you, you, how did you get involved with, uh, the local wrestling scene in Defy? Were you, uh, approached as a security guard or did you approach them? How did that work out that you ended up uh, being s- ringside? So I went to the, I want to say like maybe like the first two Defy's as a fan mm-hmm. and it turned out the security company I worked for at first, uh, that Defy used to contract out to yeah. was actually, you know, 
working with the Phi. Uh, and you're like, what the hell? Ended up, yeah. <laughs> I had to spend money to go it the whole time. I could have got in. Yeah. Cheated the system, you know. But uh, I got in through that way. Uh, and it's honestly, it's it's been a now I pretty much just work for Defy that since then that security company I don't no longer exists. So now I yeah. work for the actual company, which would have asked a little Charlie Jr. when he was younger if he'd be working for a wrestling company of some sort, he would call you a liar. So it's pretty pretty cool to think about. Uh, you know, so, so do you ever watch wrestling shows back from back in the day, uh, like WCW shows and do you just try to emulate the old security guards, you know, do you try to like uh, take cues from, <laughs> I, would, I would like to think I'm in better shape than like JJ Dillon and stuff like that. But, uh, I just, I worry about my thing is just make sure everyone's safe. If yeah. everyone gets hit, make sure it's me. So, so tell me about that. You said you hope it's you. Have you gotten hit? I've got hit in some dives. Uh, definitely, I think Ray Phoenix's foot may have like caught my che- not like super hard. Yeah, but, uh, almost got pegged in the face with a ladder during that uh, Shaft Artie ladder match. But so far, so good. I've been like caught fingers from a chop, but nothing too bad yet. At least you know, knock on wood. But. Uh, so far, I've been all right. You know, nothing too crazy has happened. And I, I'm still in good condition. Are there are there uh, any wrestlers specifically that when they enter the ring, um, you know, you kind of gotta like be a little faster. You gotta keep your eyes on the on the match a little bit more. War Beast. Okay. So we all know how the, their matches are. No yeah. matter Who they're going against, and they. Those chairs can fall apart, fly all over the place. So it's War Beast for sure. Matches are like a handful. So those guys, uh, they make you earn your paycheck. The building. Yeah. <laughs> so they, uh, they, they make me work for sure. What uh, what have been some of your favorite um, moments from Defy? You know, because you are a fan and you're also working, but you get to really you. Um, when you're not, you know, wrangling people, you get to kind of watch some of it up front and you get the closest view as not actually in the ring. What have been some of your favorite moments to see uh, as I a would fan? Say for me, uh, like one of my favorite, especially since I was there as a fan, that first Leo Rush and Shane Strickland or Isaiah Scott match that they had, uh, to me, that's like one of the greatest matches I've seen or yeah. witnessed in person. Uh, the six men tag where Artie took that dive off that top balcony area. Mm-hmm. That was still like one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, I really love the moment where Randy Myers won the Defy Championship too. I feel like he he defines like everything what our company uh, stands for. Yeah, like, the inclusivity of what he stands for. How just like you know, no matter what your background is, no matter how you define yourself you belong so i i back randy myers and i'm glad he's he represents us as a champion right now too so him winning the championship was i think for a lot of defy fans was like a, a good uh a good moment for us that's that's great to hear i appreciate uh you kind of you know giving me some of those recollections of your favorite defy moments um 
as someone who's uh, who's an active uh, member of the Defiance and and uh, you know in a working capacity, but also you know a part of the community, uh, what does the Defiance wrestling community mean to you, Charlie? I would say I tell people the same these two things. The two things that define me as a people were growing up in the metal and hardcore scene. Mm-hmm. To continue on that was like Defy. Uh, I f- believe they've helped me out a lot, just finding another community, another family yeah. to be a part of. Like, you know, I knew you before Defy, but I feel like when we bonded over wrestling, we became closer friends. Yeah. You know, like, we started. Yeah, you can cuss. Yeah, shoot, shooting the shit more, like, you know, checking in on each other and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. And also, like, being able to work with uh, Shout Out Sleeps, uh, uh, you know, Sleeps. Yeah. Uh, he, I've always considered him a mentor. Uh, I've worked with him at many, many music venues throughout the He's years, my upstairs so. neighbor. Yeah, I, I love Sleeps. He's, yeah. he's like my brother. So I, I love that dude. One of my favorite parts of being a work defy is being able to be there with him because he, he is he is my brother in arms. Uh, one of my mentors throughout the music business. So I, I appreciate being around him. So Awesome. So, uh, you know, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit there. You grew up in the metal and, and hardcore and scenes. Uh, and, and uh, you know, now that we're talking with you a little bit, I, I something that's really interesting about you is that you've toured uh, the the world and specifically you've toured the U.S. several times uh, doing merch and doing production uh, and, and various other roles for some pr- pretty big metalcore, deathcore bands, uh, hardcore bands and whatnot. Uh, what bands have you worked with and, and specifically how many times have you you toured well i think my i i did it for a good almost 10 years i think wow Uh, the first band that i ever really did like a full tour with was a a local well a local band called to the wind oh yeah Uh, yeah they were signed to uh pure noise but when when i when i did with them it was just straight diy like you know, road dog in it yeah. kind of thing. Uh, I t- after that, I toured with a guttural slam band from San Diego, California, uh, called uh, Pathology. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, mainly East Coast stuff. And then my main gig, uh, my brothers, uh, I Declare War. Mm-hmm. Uh, they... The singer Jamie, he helped me live like all my dreams, taking me overseas, you know, uh, doing all these big festivals with bands that I look up to. Like, uh, that's my main my main gig right there. And I also uh, sold merch for a band called While She Sleeps, uh, like a kind of like a, a metal band in the vein of like, I would say like. Of mice and men, like every time I die and stuff, stuff like that. Okay, Sheffield, England. So cool, man. Uh, so and you got to you got the opportunity to go on on Warp Tour. Yeah, it was tough. That was one of the toughest tours I've ever. That was that was actually with While She Sleeps. Yeah, it was it was a pretty tough tour. I grueling hours out in the sun all day, but it, it was the it was the most fun I've had on on a tour too. Like. I did a lot of fun stuff on that tour. So it's load-ins are brutal. Sometimes it's like it can get to you like mentally, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's just like a, like a punk rock summer camp. So it was fun, man. I loved it. I got to see, uh, 
some bands I looked up to while doing it, you know, so it's it's awesome. Nice, I man. I appreciate it being part of that. Well, that, now that, you know, Defy's on hold for now and uh, most concerts and whatnot, aside from live streams, are on hold. Uh, when we get back to it, do you think you'll ever see yourself going back out on the road with bands or are you, you more of the uh, settled down? You think you, you'll ever hit the road again, Charlie? I think a part of me wants to settle down for a little bit mm-hmm. just because uh, living in a van for eight months out of the year, can, it can catch it can catch up to you. Yeah. But music is a big part of my life so if like the opportunity came and it was something where i could still my needs at home would still be met mm-hmm. I, i'd probably do it uh especially like being to go out with the guys in i declare war like those guys are my brothers my family so it's like i don't think i could pass up a moment to like hang out with them and be yeah. able to to cause a ruckus with them you know absolutely man well uh you know i i uh it's it's awesome to kind of check in with you and and uh chat with uh you as as someone who's you know both friend and also someone who's you know kind of uh integral 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 part of the defiance and the defy community and, and the defy shows um what's kept you going man the last Nine ten months. What's kept you motivated to you know wake up and put have a smile on your face and get to work and you know what's kept you what's kept you going and kept you sane? I think most of it's just like, well, most of it's my friends. You know, like you've texted me sometimes and like uh, I have a group of friends. Uh, we watch. You know, shout out to Mark Moore. Uh, we watch wrestling. We talk about re- you're part of it. You know it. You know, yeah. and we have a group chat going on where. You know, we, if someone's having a hard day, you know, like, uh, we, we just vent, listen, even though we're all different people with different opinions and different things going on in life, we're all very supportive. Uh, I have, you know, tons of friends and family to go to because these times it does get stressful. So Mm -hmm. a lot of a big support system, like shout out to my friend, Levi, Zach and Danny, like all of them are great friends. It's practically my brothers. Yeah. Uh, when times are tough and you get overwhelmed with, with what life is right now, it's it's nice to have that to go to. So that's for sure. Right on, man. Well, thanks for chatting with me, Charlie. It's uh, good to chat with you, and and hopefully, you know, you'll you'll be staying sane here, and and we'll see you at the Defy shows when things get back to normal. Awesome, dude. Thank you for having me. Hey, what's up? It's the Defiant Ones, and uh, right now I'm doing my first two-person interview for the Defiant Ones. Uh, this is Four Minutes of Heat featuring Eddie Pearl and Ricky Gibson. Uh, you guys hanging out tonight? You got the American flag behind you? You got the Defy to resist, and what was that? To resist and what? To defy you? Okay, got that. Uh, got some nice shades on. You got the American flag behind you. Uh, are you guys quarantined to quarantining together are you guys roommates no thank god (laughs) okay we wouldn't make it the world wouldn't make it yeah well how how are you guys doing tonight uh how have uh how have you been i mean it's been a while what nine months ten months now um you know how's how's 2020 and now 2021 treated you guys it's been crazy so crazy that i pulled all my hair out I saw that. 
I saw that. <laughs> I'm going crazy. You're going insane. Yeah. We actually drove eight hours yesterday to get in a wrestling ring for like four hours. For training? That's how crazy. For, just for training. Uh, yeah. where, where did you go? Worth ever. Uh, up north. <laughs> just nice. to be vague about it. Okay. We, we were able to get in a wrestling ring. A uh, little road trip together. Felt uh, like old times. Felt like old times. Okay, right on. Well, um, let, let's start at ground zero. Start at uh, first page of the Four Minutes of Heat story. I'm assuming you didn't know each other as little kids. Where did each of you, uh, where were each of you born and, and where did you grow up? And, and then when did you guys meet each other? Um, I was born here in uh, Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Um, and then we didn't meet each other till um, like my, I think it was my first year of training. So not that was like 2016, so not all that long ago. And for anyone that's not watching right now, I'm talking with Eddie, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Eddie. Yes. Eddie. That just to make sure. Uh, uh, and I was born also in. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was also born in Oregon, uh, down in Corvallis, Oregon, but okay. I lived in Portland all my life. Uh, and yeah, so Oregon, that's it. Did you guys... Um, the second part of that. What was the second part? The when exactly did you guys meet? Yeah, so I had been wrestling for uh, for quite some time, and I was going down to be a guest trainer uh, here in Salem, Oregon, and uh, Eddie had started training there, and uh, so I, I met him one day. He was a couple months into training at that point because we, we didn't cross the same days. I was there on, uh, like, Mondays and Fridays, and he was there on Wednesdays for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so it wasn't until I think his first match where I, I was able to meet him and, and see what he looked like. And I was disappointed greatly. Um, <laughs> but eventually. <laughs> nice. No, but uh, but yeah, we, we hit it off right away. Uh, like he has the he had a passion for wrestling right away that that uh, really reminded me of myself. And um, wow. uh, yeah, we hit it off. Uh, I told him to hop in the car one day and dr- drive down to California with me and. Uh, we had an opportunity to wrestle uh, for uh, Virgil Flynn Promotions down there. Yeah, uh, a good old friend of mine, uh, and I got to introduce to Eddie here. And yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where we started. I uh, inquired about it, and according to the internet, you guys were formed when you enlisted the help of a roadie, oh. which is Eddie Pearl, and uh, along with taking care of your prize guitar, Janice. Uh, he would also interfere in matches to give you the advantage. It, that seems to be uh, the actual story. Who wrote this? <laughs> <laughs> that the a cage side, some something on cage side, I think, or a ca- uh, cage match. I'm sorry. Um, well, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, what what exactly the is the origin of the four minutes of heat? <laughs> What's the name four minutes of heat in reference to? Is that uh, like a band that your character? is is in or what is the name referring to yeah so uh he was originally as my my roadie so the company that we were uh that he was training with and i was wrestling for uh needed needed someone for me to to add to me and uh perfect opportunity to, to give him a little bit of exposure uh get him some some bumps in the ring and get an opportunity and uh, thanks. so thanks for that yeah it was our uh it, it was our band, Four Minutes of Heat. Originally, it was Ricky Gibson and the Four Minutes of Heat. Okay. And uh, we we pretty quick moved away from that and just Four Minutes of Heat. 
Um, and yeah, he was uh, he was my drummer at the time. My roadie carried my guitar. Nice. Uh, helped me win some match. Uh, even even uh, <laughs> was my twin at one point. So roll in the ring and oh yeah, get hit for me. Like, <laughs> uh, but to be honest, it was supposed to be like this short term thing. Uh, and we worked so well together. Yeah. Um, and his talent spoke for itself. And so uh, instead of just being my roadie, like pretty quickly got him in the ring as a tag partner. Nice. So being, I've tried to ditch him a lot. He just sticks around. Uh, being someone who had like pretty awesome hair, I also had super long metal hair. But I started to notice that I was like going a little thin up front, so I took the proactive move to just shave it off. Now, being that you're a shaved head dude now, are you still going to be able to rock as hard, or is it going to be kind of like Samson, and and all your power's gone? Uh, I'll still be able to rock pretty hard. Okay. All right. Uh, it was this guy's fault that I had to shave my head because yeah. uh, we had a mullet versus mullet match. Uh-huh. Quarantine kind of got to us. We went a little bit crazy, uh, and we fought all over Eddie's house. We bled literally all over his carpets and uh, in his garage and on his cars. And uh, So we shaved my head, and it was part of our uh, contractual obligations that I'm not allowed to grow my hair back out. So, uh, But that was back in July, and we've wrestled several matches since then. Uh, and I was still able to rock with the the bald head, so I think we're good. Hey, man, if Rob Halford from Judas Priest can do it, I think you can, man. So, screw it. There you it. go. Absolutely. So let's go back to Little Eddie and Little Ricky. Were you guys big fans of wrestling growing up? Um, were you guys, like, huge, like, uh, little kid wrestling fans? Or when did you guys, uh, I guess let's start with you, Eddie. Uh, when did you first discover wrestling? Um, yeah, absolutely. As a kid, uh, I think I was, uh, I, I, I remember the image was, you're right. I remember the image of, I think it was like 99, uh, 98, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And I remember flipping through the channels as a kid and seeing, uh, Kane when Kane was like first debuted. Yeah. And I'd never seen wrestling yeah. or anything of, you know. So I had no idea what it was. And then I'm flipping channels and I come across that image. And it's an image that was like burned into my, my, and I, I just, it, so ever since then, and then it, it was about maybe the eighth grade after being a fan for quite a while in the eighth grade, I was like, I think I want to do this. Yeah. When, you know, I'm an adult and you know, all that jazz. We're still waiting for him to be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, so, so you fell in love with it uh, and, and, and eighth grade, you decided you wanted to do it. Were you like me and like a lot of other people with our cringeworthy pasts, did you jump into the backyard and start wrestling and doing stupid shit like jackass style? No, uh, I did. I'll defend myself here. I did <laughs> when I was like, when I first, so I was like, I wasn't a teen doing, it. I was more of a kid. It was more play for sure. Um, but I remember. One summer, I was like eight. I have footage of it where we just dressed up as like as goofy characters and like, you know, play in the backyard. So, yeah. um, but I don't consider that backyard. That was like kids playing. Um, but I did uh, have the foresight to um, join the wrestling team in high school. So that oh, cool. was kind of my, my, uh, going into it. I was like, I better get, cause my, uh, at that time, like, Kurt Angle, Chris Benoit, mm-hmm. all the ones that I, I, I like their style. Uh, 
So I was like, oh, they all have amateur backgrounds. Yep. So if I want to emulate that, I better get some amateur experience. So when you went into wrestling, um, I, I did wrestling for a couple of years in junior high. Did you go in, you know, thinking you're about to leg drop some people, <laughs> like clothesline, um, or did you did you know what collegiate wrestling was? I knew what it was. Okay, okay. Um, but it was, yeah. I wish it was. Yeah, you come out with a robe, a Ric Flair robe, and start leg dropping people. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah. So uh, eighth grade, you you decide I want to do this. I want to be a wrestler. Were your parents like supportive? What did they think of your your plan? I mean, and and knock on them because I mean it's such an out there. Yeah. Thing. Oh yeah. Like if your kids like, hey, I want to be a pro wrestler when I'm when I grow up. It's like. I, I don't blame them if they didn't take that seriously. For a parent, um, it's probably almost... I love my- sorry to cut in, but for a parent, it's almost probably oh. like someone saying, I want to be a Power Ranger, you know? It's like, okay, yeah, kid. it's crazy, yeah. Um, I remember my grandma laughing uh, when I told her. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to... And she was like, this, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, of course they're supportive now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, then it was like such a such an out there thought. And then, uh, so what? At what age did you actually uh, uh, enlist in a wrestling school and start training? Um, I didn't start training till I was twenty-seven. Okay, so I came as much as much passion as I had for it, um, and how much I wanted to do it. Uh, so I have like. Uh, uh, I severely dyslexic. Okay. And, and like, I have all these learning disabilities. So mm-hmm. all my life I was like always kind of this fear of failure. Okay. So, and especially with something that meant so much to me, I was petrified to, uh, like search that out. Mm-hmm. So it took me a long time to finally like, uh, to get over that stuff and then finally, you know, want to fail and go, you know, seek that stuff out. Well, let's expand on that if you don't mind. Uh, take me to the moment where you were decided you got to overcome this and you got to confront your fear of failure and say, screw it and, and try. What was that like? And, and what was that? What made you take that step? Um, man, we're getting, we're getting deep here. We're going to get, uh, <laughs> dark. I know. Um, th- I, it was, I was getting older. Obviously mm-hmm. I knew that. Um, I could only tell myself DDP started when he was, you know, 35 so long, yeah. like, I, you know, um, so, you know, the, these learning disabilities held me back. Everything I attempted, like, you know, I miserably failed because, you know, uh, I have to, you have to take this test. Oh, I can't read the test. I can't do the thing. I can't do the, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I was 27 and man, we're getting, we're going to get into it here. Um, the feeling of I don't really believe in like uh, uh, like destiny and stuff like that, and I've never been sure about anything because of my learning disabilities. But I was so sure of this, um, the 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 agony of not doing this. I would sit alone, man. Come on, <laughs> I would sit alone in my room and cry because I wasn't doing this. I knew this was what I was supposed to do. Yeah. In whatever kind of meaning that is, I, 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 like I said, I don't believe in necessarily destiny or that, but maybe I do now. But I was so miserable. It just came, it just came to a, a breaking point of like kind of like forming a diamond out of like, you know, 
pressure. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. just I couldn't take it anymore. So, uh, yeah, it was those moments where I just like I'm getting older. You know, mm-hmm. I'm miserable. I'm working a nine to five and I'm not doing what I think I should be doing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Eventually, I just, you know, I found the school and and made that happen. And you got I mean, you know, even if you don't stick to it or you don't enjoy it as much as you thought you would or something, you know, down the road, you got to try it out at least. Right. And, and you tried it and it turns out it stuck pretty well. What was that? Where did you go? Where did you um, you know, you said that you met Ricky um at, at training um where where was the training at if you don't mind me asking um well i, I remember see i saw it, so we were, it was w a promotion called wcwc yeah i've been to that wrestling promotion and uh I, sure and uh i i would see it on tv and you know they have the number and, and yeah it was very a very sketchy wrestling thing i <laughs> called the number it disconnected like yeah you know swerving this and i, I eventually i got a number and a guy, uh, you know, answered and, and he invited me to the show okay. uh, that they were having that weekend. So I went to the show. Um, uh, I mean, my 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 whole whole I, I wasn't joking. My whole life started when I was like 27. I got my license. I didn't have my license up until that point. Wow. Because tests and and that yeah and the studying the book. But I I got my license because I knew that I'd have to drive to wrestling practice wow. and find these things. So wrestling kind of just is the driving factor. This is why I'm a man child, but it's, <laughs> it's the driving factor in my life. But it gave you um, something you had to work toward like, okay, yeah. so now I have to make it there. So now I got to get my ass in gear and yeah. get a car and whatever. Yeah. So, so I drove to the show. Um, I went in the wrong entrance. I went in the locker room. <laughs> okay. Entrance. Oh. Yeah. So all the boys were looking at me Who with daggers. Like, yeah, who's this kid? Um, and then, you know, I'm, it was like the typical, like, I met the promoter. He brings in an, uh, another guy, a wrestler, uh, this guy, Jeremy Blanchard. He looks me up and down, like in the movies, like squeezes my arm. And he's like, you know, hits me on the back and all that. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So then, uh, you know, they said, hey, this is when training is. It's, you know, Wednesday, Fridays, whatever. I worked nights at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I had to have someone cover that oh, that first Wednesday. Um, so, you know, I work, I'd work all day. Uh, I get no sleep. I'd go to training. Uh, and I did that for about, uh, three times a week, uh, for about two, two years. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's, uh, thank you for sharing that, man. And, and going deep yeah. with me, man. Uh, I know. I didn't think I would. I, I feel like I, I know. I tell the defiant ones I cried. <laughs> We've only like had small interactions backstage at Defy shows, but I feel like we're we've bonded on such a deeper level now. Uh, there you go, the Eddie Pearl story. Absolutely. So, Ricky, uh, let's go with you, man. So, uh, uh, you said that you had a few years uh, of wrestling under your belt when you met Eddie. Um, tell me about your story a little bit. When did you fall in love with wrestling, or you know, were you a fan of wrestling growing up? Uh, I've never watched wrestling in my life. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> no, no, I'm, just, I'm kidding. I, I watched wrestling, man. And uh, my first... It shows. Uh, my, <laughs> my <laughs> first time I watched wrestling, I was probably like four years old. I was at a babysitter's house, and it was something similar. It was uh, like The Undertaker and Mankind Wrestling, and I remember yeah. seeing the image for like a second on the TV before someone changed the channel, and it like locked in my brain. It wasn't until a couple of years later where... Uh, like I, I saw it on TV and was able to a- actually watch it. Yeah. 
Uh, but man, growing up, I was obsessed. It, everything I was wrestling in the backyard, you know, mm-hmm. on a on a kid level. Nothing yeah. like we weren't putting on shows or anything, just messing around. Uh, my best friend at the time uh, had the Directv back in the day where you could get the black box. So you oh yeah, literally every single channel. Yeah, we didn't watch porn. We watched all of the wrestling shows. <laughs> yep. like that's, ECW, that's WCW, WWF. Yep, all of them. Everything. Yep. Any, anything that we could possibly watch on Directv black box, we watched. Uh, and, uh, we grew up and we knew we were going to be wrestlers together. And, uh, I always would sit and search the internet for any sort of wrestling school locally. Okay. Uh, but Oregon and Washington were, were dead zones. Like yeah. no one was running here. Like WWE wasn't running WCW because it was so hard to run a show with the athletic commission. Mm-hmm. So of course no one was running schools. Uh, and so much like Eddie, when I was in sixth grade, I started uh, amateur wrestling in middle school. Yeah. Uh, my coach was all, or sorry, my sixth grade teacher was also a wrestling coach at the high school at the time. So uh, it, it was a great transition. I wrestled for a couple years for like a local, um, uh, it, it was called TNT, like a local teen center yeah. uh, for wrestling. And then I, I moved into uh, my junior or my uh, freshman, sophomore, junior year in, in high school wrestling. And finally, when I was 16, uh, a company, Portland Wrestling, started back up and running shows yeah. here in Portland. Uh, I was able to go and check out a show. And, Don Owens. Uh, while I was there, I just started like I just started tapping everyone on the show, like, how do I do this? Like, where do I go? Uh, and luckily, out in Hillsborough, Oregon, there was a show or, or there was a company that was running. And the guy's name was Tito Carrion. Uh, it was a, a legend in, in um, Puerto Rico, Mexico, kind of wrestled all over <laughs> and uh and he wanted to his, his entire goal in life was to run a uh center where uh, kids could get off of the streets not do drugs not join gangs but instead do boxing weightlifting and wrestling that's awesome um so i would i would go there it was an hour drive okay uh after school in high school my junior year um an hour there we'd wrestle for like four or five hours after school and then an hour drive home jesus and we did that six days a week the only the only reason we didn't go on sundays is because he was super religious yeah and he ran a church out of the gym <laughs> so this guy uh, sounds like for several years this guy uh, sounds like he was building a community man that's awesome he really was he was he was the nice i could go on for for days talking about how nice tito was yeah um at, at one point like so uh don't don't tell my grandparents or my parents this but my grandparents <laughs> gave me money uh, to go to college and I went for uh, a year. Okay. Um, but I would take the money they gave me and pay for wrestling. <laughs> nice. So, uh, that's how I paid. It was, it was only a hundred dollars a month. Okay. Um, but at one point I told Tito, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pay this month. And he's like, Hey, don't worry about it, man. I, I got you. And then the next month I was like, Tito, I, I don't have the money. And he's like, I tell you what, here's a key to the gym. If you open the gym for me every day, you don't have to pay anymore. Uh, and so, uh, that's what I did. I would go there. I would open the gym for him. Um, and he, uh, probably the reason he wasn't running a gym for much longer after this is because he had a lot of people that he, he just cared about so much that he's like, I, I, if you don't have the money, that's fine. I still want you to come and have a place to, to work out. Um, but just a a small, funny story about Tito, we would get there at about four o'clock. Uh, and he would get there just shortly before we did. Yeah. And we trained for several hours and he never left. He would be in his office doing whatever, probably doing back taxes. Um, mm-hmm. But he'd be sitting there for hours while we trained and, you know, he'd come out and, and uh, talk with us and give us some pointers at, from time to time. But at the end of the night, like nine o'clock at night, 
uh, we'd all end up in his office just talking, maybe watching some wrestling videos. And we'd open his desk drawer. He's like, hey, I got some McChickens earlier. Do you guys want some? <laughs> so he's like, he's like five-hour-old McChicken sandwiches. But I don't know. It's Hell yeah! Crazy. Yeah, that, that's it. And we ate them. Yeah. And we always ate them. <laughs> Uh, but that that was my uh, my training experience, and uh, I I dropped out of amateur wrestling because it just didn't work anymore. Like trying to do pro and amateur, uh, the, it just you couldn't do them at the same time very well. Uh, but I, uh, I I was there until Tito's closed the gym, and then I kind of jumped around from from place to place. And luckily, I was wrestling just about every single weekend at that point uh, through Portland Wrestling or. PMPW or mm-hmm. uh, Washington State Wrestling and kind of moved around. And sometimes I didn't wrestle. Like I'd go to shows and just help set up and meet people. And um, man, that's that's pretty much how I got my start. All right. I'm going to I want to pivot for just a second and ask you. It came to mind when when you when you said about the McChickens. So Tito's McChickens, you guys have wrestled all over the Northwest and, and all up and down the West Coast. What is like the most ridiculous like uh, like road meal you guys have had any like really gnarly road meals that you guys have had that just been gut bombs or anything? Uh, Denny's. <laughs> Denny's is pretty bad. Uh, there's been several times when there's no restaurants open or we don't have time. Mm-hmm. And then it winds up being like uh, those sour rips and Red Bull. Yep. Uh, and it's just terrible. Um, yeah. There's absolutely times where there's, nothing open like yep. you can't even find it at denny's so 7-eleven nachos yeah i've had <laughs> i've had legendary gut bombs if we're being honest here mm-hmm. i i mean i have some that are named yeah like there's the oh. city rumble yep. medford yeah uh i mean these are these are historic <laughs> events where i just jesus yeah it's, it's like a scale of one to ten it's like a uh a one being perfect a uh, rose city rumble being a, <laughs> the worst <laughs> I mean, my diet was, <laughs> has been terrible. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, damn. So, uh, go, getting back to the the uh, you know the story of wrestling and whatnot, I just wanted to interject that there because it seems like you guys have you know traveled a lot together. It's pretty cool. Um, so, Ricky, uh, you, how how long were you wrestling um, before you met Eddie? Like, couple, two, three years? Uh, so I started in 2004. Oh wow! Okay, uh, and Eddie started in 2016. So. Oh wow! So you've had you were uh, the seasoned veteran. I was yes. The grizzled vet. The grizzled vet. <laughs> so what were some of your um like pre meeting Eddie and and doing uh, the Northwest Circuit? What were some of your favorite moments um before you know taking on the tag team life? Uh. Man, I've I've had a ton. Like I, I've been very lucky with uh, with who I've been able to wrestle with, and uh, I can't think of a single person that I talk to uh, on a somewhat regular basis that I didn't meet through wrestling. Yeah. Uh, other than my immediate family, like any friends that I have are are all through wrestling, uh, which is is really cool. Uh, all of the all of the people that were involved in in my wedding are all people that I met through wrestling. Nice. Um. So yeah, I mean it's that that part is probably the biggest thing for me uh i've had some great moments like one of my uh my most fun moments was uh 
uh, years ago, I was I was under a wrestling mask because I was so young and I looked very young. I didn't have facial hair at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had buzzed hair, so it wasn't long, but it wasn't sh- short like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the promoter said, hey, you look too young to put out there, so we're going to have you in a mask. Yeah. Uh, and my character was a hippie. So uh, it was fun. I It was probably one of the most fun things that I did in the ring because I could just be goofy and do whatever I wanted. Um, at one point I had a turkey, like a raw turkey shoved over my head as Whoa. part of a thing. Uh, I hit someone with a pumpkin at one point Nice. Uh, that just exploded and went everywhere. Okay. Uh, but one of the most fun moments was um, the blue meanie from mm-hmm. ECW. He yeah. Come down for WCWC um, for a good chunk of time. He came down a couple, uh, a couple times. And, um, so I got to I got to pick him up from the airport once and drive from Portland to Eugene, which is like a three hour trip. So yeah. I really got to pick his brain and uh, just learn who he is as a person and uh, get some cool wrestling stories with that. Uh, but one time we volunteered. It was right around Thanksgiving, right before Thanksgiving. And we volunteered to help out with a, a local food bank. That's awesome. Uh, delivering food boxes. And uh, so we we got drunk pressed up and we put together these food boxes at a local uh, Elks Lodge and then we delivered them in character. So wearing a, a tie-dye shirt and a hippie mask uh, and the blue meanie dressed up, you know, with his blue hair, yeah. and the blue beard. And we went and delivered these food boxes and just the thoughts, like thinking back now of how hilarious it is that these families that don't watch wrestling yep. most likely just open the door to these random characters <laughs> like this mask. <laughs> man and this big fat guy in blue hair blue beard yeah delivering food boxes uh was absolutely hilarious uh but it was really cool just to be able to to do some volunteer work like that and uh have some fun stories along the way man that sounds epic dude that 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 would be one i would never forget just getting a turkey from the blue meanie and freaking <laughs> a hippie with the with the mask on when did you guys first start um tag teaming at what year and then um did it take did it take you a while to kind of get some sort of chemistry because you guys have like a really really awesome chemistry together in the ring um h- how long did it take to develop that or was it something that was like immediate um i think it's i think it was a immediate but i think um it took it to, and, and we're still working on it it's still um, we're still working on tag team wrestling and we're still trying to perfect it. Um, but I think just my inexperience probably, I mean, at the beginning probably hindered any kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, hindered the wrestling at first. Um, but yeah, we're always trying to evolve and get better at tag team wrestling. Yeah, it's uh, when we first started tagging together. Um, what the show called for was much more of a like me as the leader, him as the yeah. the roadie dynamic. Yep. And it was fun for a minute, but it wasn't really a good dynamic for a tag team. Like you see it a lot in 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 major promotions and things like that. And it like it could be fun, but it's not what we wanted as a tag team. Yeah. And. Uh, man, every single time we talk, we we come up with ideas. Some of them great, some of them terrible. Uh, but we bounce ideas off each other and workshop them and change. Like if you looked at us in 2017 when we first started tagging, uh, compared to 2021, um, it's a it's a completely different uh, two characters that you see. Yeah. Um, and I think that's important. I think the the evolution is important. 
but as far as like how we work together, I think from day one, uh, we both understood that we want what's best for for wrestling and we want what's best for each other. Mm-hmm. There was never this dynamic of like, I'm going to do it my way because I want to. Yeah. It was always like, hey, I think this is a good idea. What do you think? And if one of us didn't like it, it's like, no, nope, that's not going to work. And, and we'd, we'd go back to it. So as far as like the chemistry goes, I think that started from day one. But how it shows up in the ring may have taken a little bit longer. Cool. Well, uh, before, um, so w- w- one thing I was going to ask, and I, and I forgot to sp- uh, ask it. So y- s- since you had, uh, you know, years of experience and, and you, you worked up and down the West Coast and everything, um, I'm sure that wasn't easy. And I'm sure you're, it took its toll on your body. And, and, you know, you're working these you know smaller independent companies. And I'm sure some shows were bigger than others. But what kept you going? Uh, what was the thing that, you know, uh, kept you motivated to continue kind of grinding on the independent wrestling scene? Um, something that my, that Tito, my original trainer told me, he's, he just said, if you love it, you'll be good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think there was ever a moment where I thought this isn't for me or I don't want to do, there was never that moment. Yeah. Uh, there was a moment where it was like, this is tough. Like, uh, Portland wrestling shut down. Uh, I was wrestling for another big company called uh, BAW and they shut down. Yeah. So there was this, this uh, like a two month period where I didn't have anything. And the only thing going through my mind was not like, well, I guess I'm done. It was like, how the hell do I get going again? Yeah. Um, stuff down in California was uh, like, th- so Portland wrestling and uh, a company in uh, California called SPW worked really well together. So I met a lot of really cool people that, uh, that I still talk to today. Yeah. Um, and we were able to do some cross promotion and go down there. But during that period, it was like, everyone's burnt out from the, from the company shutting down. So there yeah. wasn't that connection either. Uh, so there was a little bit of time where it was like, I didn't have anything to do. Uh, however, it was like, my, the thought has never crossed my mind of this isn't for me. So I guess it's just the fact that I'm insane. Yeah. And I would never give up. <laughs> nice. Um and and uh you guys showed up to defy and uh people already knew you guys. You know, you guys already had quite the name on the on the Northwest uh Northwest scene. Tell me about the moment of you showing up at Defy and people already know you guys and people are already cheering. What what was that feeling like? Oh, it was great. There's always a fear that you're going to go out there to crickets. And trust me, we've, <laughs> we've experienced that. Yeah. Um, so, and it, we, we, we traveled quite a bit to Seattle and, and Washington mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, but we never wrestled for Defy and, and that's a whole different crowd Yeah. in itself. Um, so yeah, we were a little, of course, like, you know, Oh, what's, what's the reaction going to be like, you know, but yeah, that, uh, it was the best reaction. It was so great. Do you uh, recall what what was the first match you guys had uh, for Defy? So actually, the first time we showed up for Defy, um, we actually the an hour earlier had just wrestled uh, best two out of three falls match, uh, like an hour away. So we drove immediately after that Holy show. Shit. We drove down to Defy. We snuck in uh, like no one we no one knew that we were there yeah uh and we actually interfered in a match with the american guns yeah uh they were a tag team first of all i've known ethan uh for as long as i've been wrestling he he started just shortly after me oh cool um and he was actually a tag partner of mine 
uh, in 2006. Nice. Uh, much better than Eddie was. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I've known Ethan for a very long time. I've known Mike for a long time as yeah. well. Uh, and they are the team to beat and defy. Like they were mm-hmm. the the local guys that everyone wanted to, to get in there with. Of course, there's other great tag teams. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't look over War Beast, who was the tag team champions at the time. But the American Guns are two guys that we uh, – we have something to prove against because they are kind of known as the local tag team and we wanted that spot. So we, uh, we ran in and that, that was our, that interference there was our first uh, showcase. Uh, the next month we wrestled a uh, three team tag team match against the cook brothers and the Voros twins, uh, which was also a last minute uh, change up because uh, some other team couldn't, couldn't make it across the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we had, a great opportunity. So that was our first match, but our first appearance there was uh, was just to to kind of make our our mark there with the guns. Were you guys well aware of Defy before? You know, you were asked to to come in for that. Yeah, definitely. So I actually, um, when they came down to Portland a couple times, I would help out. Uh, the company that I was working for uh, would loan the ring to Defy because That's right, yeah. traveling with the ring is very difficult. So I would help out with that and kind of be that liaison. Um, so very aware of Defy. And to be honest, like Defy has always been on our radar. Like you can't live in Portland or Seattle and be a wrestling fan and not know about Defy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's people all over the country that know about Defy just because of the buzz it creates. But yep. Like that's that's a that's a hot zone for wrestling. Yeah. And if you look at that, if you look at that atmosphere, uh, like you know the the crowd, the Defiant, you know, it's like why wouldn't you? want to be there yeah. yeah and this is this is a question that um and and i'm skipping around all over here i don't have like i have a couple things written down but i mostly just try to make these kind of conversations and kind of just uh i this is gonna sound kind of cheesy but i i do know that uh the defy wrestlers and the defiance have uh, a connection and it's a community it really is um yeah. uh, a very awesome independent um, DIY wrestling community of the fans and the wrestlers. Uh, what does the defiance mean to you guys? Um, I, I mean, it, it's a reflection of, to me, it's, it's a reflection of our, our passion back to us from the fans there. It's almost like it's, 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 they're seeing it, they're getting it and they're giving it right back to us. Yeah. And, uh, uh, that's a that's a good the the appreciation um, of what we do uh, because it's it's and they don't see like the 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 struggle like how hard it is um, yeah but it it seems like they understand it when they how they react to us so that that feels good because we're you know he lost an eye or whatever what was that a broken orbital bone yeah. <laughs> uh dislocated collarbone tore ligaments in my neck um you know and we're so we're going out there uh you know to entertain them yeah. you know it, it's for us but you know it uh, a, a lot of it is for them mm-hmm. uh so but so when you get that that you know back it 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 really feels good and it makes us want to, you know, go out there and, and kick ass. Yeah. So, um, I, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and, and, uh, one of the guys brought up the fact that everywhere you go, any, sorry, Thank you. any, any promotion around the world, 
there's always one guy in the audience sitting back with his arms crossed like this. Yep. Impress me. Cheers, yep. Maybe yep. never even smiles. Um, and no one, why is he there? We don't know. Like, yeah. no one understands. Like, why are you, if you're just disappointed, why are you even there? With the defiant crowd, you don't have anyone like that. Everyone is there to have a good time. Yeah. Um, everyone is there to, to party. Like, that's, that's really what it is. It's, it's, they want to be entertained. We're there to entertain them. And when we feel that buzz, like, the fact that when the music hits instantly, everyone's on their feet. They're screaming, they're cheering, um, they're going wild. Like that translates. Uh, I, I know that everyone can experience like when you have adrenaline and you get hurt, it doesn't hurt as bad. Yeah. If you're walking down the sidewalk and you uh, you know fall down and you scrape your knee, it hurts like hell. But if you're I don't know skateboarding down a hill and you slide and you skin your knee, you're like oh well, keep going because of the adrenaline. Yep. So when you have the adrenaline from the defiant crowd that you know. 500 people packed into the Washington Hall screaming and echoing off of the, the roof. Like, nothing hurts as bad. So nice. It just it, it makes you go harder. It makes you want to work harder and put on a better show. It, it's it's absolutely indescribable how it feels when, when you're out there and they're, they're screaming your name or mm-hmm. even if they're yelling, booing at you or flipping you off or cussing at you, whatever. Like, that translates to energy for sure. Yeah. Well, oh, man, that's... It's so true. And, 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 you know, I'm not a wrestler, but being in there sometimes the, the couple times I've had to introduce, you know, even just sharing the ring with the wrestlers. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is like before the matches even start, like Migs gets a standing ovation, you know, like that's it's yeah. crazy. You know, it's like it's like people are so pumped for everything. And, and um, you know, I, I was a big fan of ECW. But, you know, at times it was like it was almost too hostile because people would just jump down their throats like you slip up and people would yell like you fucked up, you fucked up. In Defy, I feel like it's more of like supportive. Like if someone messes up, people are just there to cheer them on like, oh, you'll do better next time, you know, or, you know, no one's trying to jump down each other's throats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, you guys have been in the ring with Warbeast. Tell me about that experience. What the fuck is that like? Because that sounds terrible. I got squashed. He he flipped on me. I told that story on the podcast the other day. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Tell me again. Tell, yeah. Let's let's hear your your war beast stories because that sounds. I mean, heinous. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've ever had a Jacob Fatu do like a, a standing front flip on you. Nope. But uh, he's a big dude. He's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I. <laughs> <laughs> we're it's it's all violence is legal you have war beasts you have the american guns you have four men's of heat every single person in that match wants the victory yeah. uh, every single person in the match wants the connection with the audience uh we want to go balls to the wall do it all put it all you know lay it all out there uh and fatu and and eddie pearl here fighting into the audience and uh, Eddie gets knocked out onto a chair, and then all of a sudden, here comes a running Jacob Fatu, <laughs> 270 pounds or whatever, front flips and just squashes him, breaks the chair just straight to the ground. Yeah, th- that was the big. That was the big thing was not destroying the chairs, and I yeah. think we destroyed like 15. <laughs> Screw your body! It's the chairs yeah, we yeah. have to worry about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Other than that, like both those guys are are absolute beasts. They're incredibly talented yeah uh mm-hmm. and indescribably strong uh i 
I uh, got thrown into the air by Fatu, and I felt like I could count to ten before I came back down, and he Simone dropped me. Um, at the same time, like I don't know, a minute earlier, he did backflip onto me. Like, not only is he incredibly strong, but he's incredibly agile yep. and, and athletic. It's it's absolutely insane. I I can't quite understand it. Uh, but they're they're an incredible team. That's uh, one to be one to be reckoned with for sure. Well, I mean, you guys, you know, you guys won. You guys got the title, and you're now the Defy Tag Team Champions. There's only been a few teams that can say that. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys are the current reigning Defy Championship. I know you haven't had a match in a while, but so it's kind of probably, probably going to be longest. longest <laughs> exactly. <laughs> longest reigning yeah. Tag Team Champions. Uh, bring me back to the moment. And uh, what was that like to win that championship in front of everyone at uh, at Washington Hall. What was that moment like for you guys? Let me take you back a couple months before that. Yeah. Um, so at any any professional wrestler in Oregon and Washington has their eyes on Defy as a place they want to go. Yeah. And there's, I mean, hundreds of pro wrestlers in this area. Hundreds. Some are good, some are bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to to be able and and defy specializes in making sure they bring up the talent from around the globe not just oregon washington so to be able to say that you're on a defy show is is uh uh, prestigious enough yeah like to be able to say that you're part of the defy roster is is something that's pretty cool because there's not a lot of people that did get to say that Um, and mainly because they bring people from all over so uh obviously we've had our eyes on defy for a very long time and uh, we always talk about it and, and you know we have our eyes on a lot of different companies that we want to wrestle for and we talk about them frequently and our uh our motto like what keeps us running is that we want to be so undeniable that those companies reach out to us and say we have to have you here yeah um and it was just a couple months earlier where we had that exact conversation of like we want to be undeniable so that when when the the powers that be at defy look at four minutes of heat they go like we have to have these guys yep. in our ring and and it came to life you know when we were able to to run out there and, and attack the guns like that was a special moment for mm-hmm. us um when we beat two other teams that had been to defy several times uh that was special for us uh and then the the second match that we ever had with defy we were able to dethrone uh two of the greatest tag teams in america uh, war beast and, and the American guns. Like when we were able to do that, like it took, I, I can speak for myself and I'm pretty sure I can speak for Eddie. Like when, when our, our hands were raised, like we looked at each other and we just both thought of that, that moment in the car where we said, we just have to be undeniable. Uh, and it came to life and it, it's, it's hard to put words to something where you work for something so hard and you yeah. dream of something and you, you're constantly progressing and programming to get there. Um, when it finally comes to fruition, it's, it's incredible. Ricky, you you know, you're, you're going, you know, you're, you're telling a great story and, and it's, it's awesome to hear that because, you know, you had, what was that, uh, 16 years at that point. And then, uh, Eddie, you, um, you know, you, you were going deep there with telling me just what it was that, uh, how important it was for you to, to take that jump and take that chance and to all have all that culminate, you know, in, in, in this moment, you know, at the best of the best in the Northwest, uh, to have that moment. That's, 
it's got to be just insanely epic he also cried in his bedroom for oh that. there you go <laughs> um yeah there's not a lot of, i'm pr- i'm pretty driven and focused and i'm older and um i don't see uh wrestlers who are names in the back i don't i, I don't get nervous around them i don't uh I don't uh, want a picture with them. Yeah. It's nothing personally anyone. It's just like I, I can't I can't afford to think that way. Yeah. Uh, I want to be colleagues with them in yeah. the locker room. I want to, you know what I mean. So so nothing really gets to me. Um, I'm always so so driven, focused. Uh, all these special moments uh, we have, like a lot of times, I won't, um, uh, you know, celebrate them myself. I won't. I won't be like, oh, that was cool that we did that or. That was cool that we got to work them or that experience we had at this promotion. So, um, and that's, that's kind of a, a negative thing I, I got to work on. But, um, but the defy, the, winning the defy, uh, I, I stepped away from that. That's and cool. And I was yeah. able to, that moment, I was able to uh, really breathe in how, how special it was because, uh, you know, it, it really was uh, for us. It was a lot of work. And, and I want to elaborate on the, we, he said, I'll, I'll pull the curtain aside here. Sure. Uh, we reached out to Defy before. Yeah. Um, like a few times. And, you know, uh, uh, and this for whoever is like wrestlers that are listening and, and uh, just the mindset that we have. And we, you know, we weren't needed at the time. Yeah. And instead of going, oh, you know, forget them or blah, 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 whatever, you know, pity party. Uh, we just go, hey, let's just work harder. Yeah, and that's where the undeniable thing comes from. Is like we're gonna work harder. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna drive 15 hours to California. We're gonna wrestle three matches, you know, in two days or whatever it is. 15 hours back, wrestle here, same day, no sleep. Yep. Um, we're gonna hit the gym. Uh, we're we're gonna eat right, whatever it is. Um, and we're gonna make it. Uh, you know, it's nothing. It, that's their decision. It's nothing, you know, personal. Yeah. Um, but it's gonna motivate us, and we're gonna become undeniable. To where those people will call us up, and uh, and you know we'll we'll get that. So it, all of that kind of culminated in that moment for us. Um, you manifested it, it, yeah. You know, it was, yeah, it was a great great feeling. So during this time where you know there's no wrestling, at least at Defy going on, um, what's kept you guys motivated to you know keep your head in the game and and look forward to the future of wrestling and. Um, you know, what's kept you guys motivated and have you guys been able to, you know, uh, you said you're driving up to do some wrestling practice and whatnot. Have you guys been able to stay in shape with like home workouts or, you know, what's going on there? Yeah. Uh, just to answer that question quickly, we both, uh, like in April, both bought stuff for home gyms. Cool. So we're able to do that. Nice. Um, we're definitely not the first ones to, to come up with this or say this, but it's, it's don't get ready, stay ready. Yeah. So, um, when, when there was several months without wrestling shows, uh, a lot of people sat back and they're like, well, I guess, uh, nothing's going on right now. I'll just, I'll just relax. And when they start announcing shows, I'll get back to the gym. I'll start working out again or whatever. And, uh, we can't have that mindset. Instead, it was like, all right, when when wrestling gets back, uh, people are going to look to us as like, holy crap, these guys, they they stayed ready. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, there's days where it's like, man, there's nothing in the near future. This sucks. Like, yeah. I'm depressed. 
Um, of course, that's going to happen with with everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the like just peer to peer accountability, where it's like, dude, snap out of it, like get back to it, and yep. um, that that keeps us motivated. Uh, there's also uh, a great company down in California, uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, yeah, uh, the United Wrestling Network and Primetime Live. Uh, that we've had the absolute pleasure of of going down there and and <laughs> getting some ring time. That's uh, awesome. Eddie talks about uh, talks about uh, driving 15 hours. Um, this most recent one, we drove 15. Uh, sorry, last time they flew us out there. The time before that, we drove down there uh, just because it worked out better for us. Yeah. But, uh, drive 15 hours, and we wrestled uh, four matches in one day. Damn. Uh, all of them were 20 uh, minute matches. Um, and then we stayed a couple nights and we wrestled again, uh, for primetime live and then drove back. Um, and that's the kind of stuff like looking forward to things like that definitely keep us motivated. Mm-hmm. And if, if we sat back in, uh, what month is it? If we sat back in January and said like, Hey, in February, we'll get back to it. Like, man, that February trip is going to be tough. So we know that we have to, we have to stay ready so that yeah. when February comes, it's not like this big to do. Don't, don't let our lack of talent. <laughs> we work really hard. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, okay. So just a couple more questions for you guys. I don't want to keep you all night, but um, you guys are uh, awesome tag team and you guys are wrestling fans. First, uh, foremost, you know, growing up uh, from, you know, of all time, what is one tag team that you would love to step in the ring with, whether it be, you know, the Young Bucks or, you know, the the Rockers or the Nasty Boys, something of, of all time. What's uh, one tag team you'd love to, to wrestle? You go. Uh, we literally had this conversation yesterday okay. of, uh, of the, the four tag teams. Uh, if you if you made a Mount Rushmore of tag team wrestling, yeah, who would they be? Uh so sorry to not answer your question at all. No, to, uh, Mount Rushmore uh, it up. Uh, four team. Uh, the Dudley Boys have to be on there. Yeah. Uh, I I already forgot who we said. Rock and Roll, uh, Rock and Roll, Rock Express. Roll Express. Yeah. Who if if I had to choose one, it would be the Rock and Roll Express. Okay. Yeah. You know, go there. Um. Uh. Uh. uh Road Warriors would be mm-hmm. up there. Um. And the last team. Did we say Hardys? Yeah, probably have to be the Hardys. The, the Hardy Boys. This isn't our personal. This yeah, is all time. Yeah, this yeah. is of all time. Like if you consider like the greatest tag teams. So in ring, uh, their their work on the microphone, uh, their um, the the money they've made, the draw. You know how many people came to see them specifically, and then their their overall reach mm-hmm. in professional wrestling and maybe even in pop culture. Those are the top four teams. Uh, if I were to pick any team that I would want to wrestle, uh, it would it might be a tie between the Rock and Roll Express and the Midnight Express. Yeah, Ricky, uh, I, I never would have guessed you were a Rock and Roll Express fan, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but the the Rock and Roll and the Midnights, okay, nice, dude. Yeah. So you guys are and a by fan. By the way, uh, Bobby Eaton and Stan Lane. When I say Midnight Express. Are you guys a, a big fan of old school wrestling then? Do you guys like to go back and watch? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. If I watch wrestling now, it's it's all older stuff. Like growing okay. up, of course, I watched all the new stuff. And, and I try to stay current with some of what's going on. But um, it's all old stuff for me, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, being that we're all, you know, uh, we have a ton of time, to- a uh, ton of 
uh, time to you know watch wrestling and whatnot. Um, what's a, what's one or two matches you would suggest you know for a Defiance uh, fans to just pop on YouTube and check out as if you guys are fans of old school stuff? Oh, I have so many. Um, I there I have a DVD of uh, the Rock and Roll Express versus Midnight Express, like the their feud for yeah. I don't know for years. Um, any one of those except. Uh, except their uh, scaffold match, like oh, yeah. it's fun, but you can skip over the scaffold yeah. match uh, and yeah. watch any of their their tag team matches they had against each other. Um, anywhere from like an eight minute tag match they had together to like almost sixty minutes, uh, top notch. So any of those, but the scaffold match. Yeah, I mean yeah. you can watch the scaffold match, but I mean it's not it's not much. You, you kind of have to feel the build up for that match to be special. <laughs> I mean, once you've seen like an ECW scaffold match, it's hard to go back to the, you, you know. Oh, yeah. Way <laughs> different. <laughs> uh, right on, guys. Well, um, my last question for you. Uh, if you could pick a scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got it. And le- Eddie, let's start with you, man. Um, hmm. Let's see. Oh, man. What was my worst one? I have a few. Uh I had uh, a collarbone dislocated. Scar. Oh, it has to be a scar? I don't have a scar, really. Well, you can tell the story of the dislocation. Let's do the dislocation. I mean, like a physical physical scar, or like, I mean, we already went through my emotional scar. Yeah. <laughs> let's do let's do the uh, let's do the dislocated collarbone. Okay, because I also got uh, Drex also frisbeed a chair at me once. So I oh, thanks, Drex. Yeah. yeah, really. Um, I mean, dislocated collarbone. That was from the uh, Boros. Tw- Twins, believe it or not, was nasty. Davinci. Yeah, yeah. Davinci uh, <laughs> canceled. Um. Yeah. I he I was hitting the ropes and he uh, he Patrick. it it pulled, Patrick. it pulled my feet and uh, yeah I face planted the ring and uh, I guess it was enough to just dislocate my collarbone. Jesus. I had no idea what it was. The doctor for some reason couldn't figure it out either. So I was just walking around like this for a few months, but. Was yeah, that at Defy? But I, the worst one was no, no, no. It okay. was at uh, DOA. Okay. But, uh, okay. The worst one uh, was uh, tearing ligaments in my neck. That was Ugh. pretty brutal. Yeah. Damn, so, dude. Doctor didn't know what that was either, so I was just walking around with these things. <laughs> yeah, I wrestled on it too. It was not good. Wow. Uh, yeah. What about you, Ricky? Uh, I have a, a a scar from just the the stupidest thing ever. Um, you can't see it through the video, but like right here. Okay. Um, before a show one day, I was uh, in the ring and I was goofing around and I yeah. I tumbled out of the ring in the corner. And for anyone knows how how the rings put together, the the ropes are made of of steel cable. Yeah. And the end of the steel cable loops around and, you know, attaches like this and they put a bolt there so it doesn't go anywhere. Well, mm-hmm. that, that bolt was slightly exposed just Ugh. enough to just rip my arm right here. Uh, so I got a good little scarf for no, no one to see. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, the, the, uh, the best story though, I guess my orbital bone here. So I have a, like last year, year and a half ago, yeah. um, I got kicked in the face in the first two minutes of a match. I got kicked in my orbital bone shattered. So my eye just slightly drooped down, oh. uh, seeing double the entire time, like bleeding out of the nose. Like, a, uh, uh, all the nerve damage through my face right here is, is all gone. Like I still can't feel like right here. Jesus. Um, 
and so not not so much of a scar necessarily because they uh, they went in under my lip into my eye and <laughs> put a steel plate here. Wow. I, I can feel uh, a um, a bolt right here, like a little little screw God damn. Uh, right in the corner of my eye that just feels amazing. And anytime I look down, I see double. So that's always cool. What was the rest of that match like? Did you have to stop it? Were you able to continue? No, we kept going. Damn. I, it's call us insane. So wrestling fans always say like, hey, if injuries like end the match, like we don't care. It's not like that for us. We can't. And I've never ended a match early. Yeah. Um, because I, I have so much like so much writing on it. It, it. I love wrestling so much that I can't end the match early. And, and he has the same opinion. Like, I don't want to stop the match. Um, I've been knocked out. I, I practically broke my neck in a match and, and I kept going. I the orbital bone shattered. And I tagged out after my orbital bone was shattered. I tagged out for a good five minutes before I came back in there and we finished the match. But um, I, I can't end a match early. Like it's just not in my DNA. We're going to have to get security to come in and just hold you back, man. That's a true statement. I, it, it, it would not end. Uh, I would, I would hide anything that was seriously bad. Like you would have to physically notice that I was not okay. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I just can't do it. Guys, it's so awesome to have both of you on for the first uh, tag team podcast here. Of course, four minutes of heat, Eddie Pearl, Ricky Gibson. Uh, what are your final words? Uh, actually, first off, uh, how do we support you guys during this time where we can't, um, you know, go see you live, go see you and, and buy T-shirts at your merch table uh, or, or give you a high five or whatever? What's the best way to follow you? What's the best way to support you guys during this time? Yeah, first of all, I'll say like this, like being able to to get on here and talk with you and, and talk to the the fans at Defiant and and hopefully talk to some some fans that have never seen Defy before but are super interested in what's going on in wrestling. Um, it's cool for us because we're we we're independent contractors. Yeah. Like our our business is based off of word of mouth and and you guys loving and sharing what we do. Um, so it really means a lot to us and, and goes a long way. Um, so that that enough is is great support. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Rock and Ricky G. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Rock God underscore uh, Ricky underscore Gibson. You can follow him on Instagram at Eddie Freak Nasty Pearl. Whoa! Um, you can, it, and that's all free. You don't have to pay for any of yep, that. Uh, yep. And just hitting, hitting like, subscribe, share, whatever uh, goes a long way for us. If you do want to financially support us. Uh, for uh, the number four minutes of heat dot square dot site, you can buy some awesome merchandise. Uh, you can also buy some awesome merchandise at brainbusters dot com slash four minutes of heat. Great. Awesome, guys. And uh, any final words for the defiance before we let you go? I miss you. Oh, I miss you. Guys, not that, you. Yeah, well, yeah, the, defiant. Yeah, the defiant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 